Blog Talk Radio. Have the protests accomplished anything? What is 
What are we seeking as a long-term solution against the police brutality and just stop with police brutality? We have to understand that the police are only agents, oppressive agents, of a bigger picture, of a government force that has historically shown that the black men and women in America uh, came for one specific purpose, and that purpose was slavery. That purpose was free labor. That purpose was in building and establishing a white supremacist system that still exists today. And to understand that, and it goes back into ideology, to understand without the proper understanding of who we are as a people, that you no longer have to be white practice or to propagate white supremacy. I'm here down in the South, in Atlanta, what they call the Black Mecca. And I see more Negroes perpetrating a white supremacist system and enforcing and upholding white supremacy against their own kind than you would believe. So we can discuss that. What are some of the, the things that, you know, so coming from the Mike Brown to the Ed Garners, which are just isolated incidents in a larger scale picture. Let's not forget about the grandmother down here, Kathleen, uh, Kathleen Johnson, um, 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 the brother that was in Valdosta, um, uh, Kendrick Johnson, that when they dug him out of the mats, that they found his organs were taken. And by the way, that there are charges coming up that to give a little incident on that case, that when they found Kendrick Johnson, come to find out he had gotten a fight with a young man, a white student earlier that day. And the brother who was a, on the wrestling team, one of the top wrestlers on the team had gotten into a fight with him and their father works for the FBI. So the, now the, are the GBI. So now the FBI is leveling charges and have let them know that they're under investigation for maybe alleged cover-up and this whole thing. So we can talk about that. Let's talk about the psychological attack on us as a people. We understand that. We understand the physical attacks through the police. We understand the economic attacks through the conditions that we live in, through um, being the first being the first fired and the last hired for a job. We understand the uh, health attacks that when you go into our grocery stores or you go in our neighborhoods, we have these fast food places or our grocery stores don't contain or carry the same products that other grocery stores carry in other neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? The nutritional value, our eating habits. So we understand those attacks, but do we truly understand and get the full significance of the psychological attack? What has kept us in a perpetual state of blindness? That we perpetrate these crimes against ourselves. That we do things to harm ourselves. That it makes it okay for us to harm one another. Even in our so-called progressive black or revolutionary organization. To where we're fighting one another. To where we're issuing threats to one another to where we have started to resemble and emulate those, we call them street trials, but those lesser informed or lesser intelligent gang members. Some of our organizations resemble and use the tactics of gang members, terror tactics, bullying and intimidation. All of this is psychological. What makes it okay to, what makes us think it's okay to want to harm one another? So we want to hear from, we want to hear from you. We want to know what's going on with you. Chairman, Chairman Carl, what's good, man? What's, 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 what's been going on in Cleveland? Well, <clears throat> one is uh, we uh, definitely done tightened up our social uh, justice committee and uh, working towards uh, uh, dealing with the 137 uh, shots that the police uh, used to uh, murder uh, Sister Melissa and uh, Brother Timothy. And uh, we're still moving for those uh, uh, police to be removed uh now we also is visiting 
what the city have done, they got what they call the listening post where the uh where the uh, uh city councilman and the uh uh safety committee in the Cleveland Post Department is going around to various churches and communities in them saying that they want to listen uh and hear what the people complain. But we know that they are not there to listen for the people complain. They are there seeing who represent what in our community. They are there to con- uh, to uh, uh, to collect data, to collect uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, intelligence. See, but they mm-hmm. coming in there uh, as they want to hear what the people have to say. They know what the people are saying. They know what the people are feeling, but they coming in to uh, bring it by intelligence. But we are organizing a social justice committee where we're moving forward, and this committee is totally us. And, right. and it's totally deal with us. And uh, uh, it's uh, we're looking good. Uh, you know, our uh, mission statement is solid. Uh, the uh, response with the community are uh, solid. And I can say this is the first alliance and the first uh, uh, coalition or gathering that I have been with where it shows maturity. Uh, every member of the organization talked about alliance are respected. Uh, we have a code of conduct in our meeting. Uh, we have a code of respect in our meeting. Mm-hmm. And we have veterans, uh, fighters. We have elders of some part of RAMP, a Revolutionary Action Movement, myself, uh, the uh, member, uh, spoke of the New Black Panther Party, Third Developed, Louisville 7. Uh, we have uh, brothers from the League of Black Revolutionary Workers. So we have seasoned people uh, on the committee. So all I can say is uh, we organizing it, and we don't have no built-in amnesia. And so we don't care how long it takes, but we're going to make sure that uh, we bring about some changes in, in the process. We're organizing the people to unite under a black nationalist formation, a black nationalist society. And we see that's the only way that we're going to survive in Cleveland, that we have our society. They already say there are two societies, one black and one white. Well, we say mm-hmm. we're talking about a black national society, and we're talking about the Nguza Saba. So we're moving towards that, and a lot of times you just can't come out and tell people that you're black nationalists because of the propaganda and the negativity that they have put out about black nationalism. But when you work for independence and self-determination, that black nationalism within itself, without the people mm-hmm. who have to label it black nationalism, but when we deal with economics, we deal with politics, we deal with our education, all that is black nationalism because we are dealing with our people. So uh, we're bringing it to the people, and the people are loving it. So that's what's happening in uh, Cleveland, you know, and... Um, it's looking good, and uh, we're going where the peoples are at, and we are working with the peoples uh, where they are at, and moving them forward. We are we are not going there saying, "Oh, we the vanguard, and uh, and we know this, and uh, we know that, and uh, if y'all ain't joining us, y'all toms, you know, no, you go where the peoples at." And like I tell brother and sister. You didn't come out the womb wearing a uniform. You didn't come out the womb with a red, black, green flag. You didn't come out the womb with your name, you know, a Moja, a Uru, a Abdul, a Yanga. No, we came out the womb with 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 American slave name. We came out the womb pledging allegiance to the flag. Somebody had to come to us where we was at, and we have to learn the history. We got to go 
where the people's at and bring the people forward. So that's what we're talking about. And uh, and not leave the ego at the door. Leave the ego at your house, you know. And so that's what's happening. Black power. Black power. What? Black power. Cut me off. Are you there? Oh, technical difficulties. Can you hear me? Brother Chairman, can you hear me? Okay, we may have lost the brother chairman. I'm going through these technical difficulties. But that's definitely that's that's definitely that's definitely what the word is. There's a, let's go to our phone lines. Number seven three. Uh, last number zero zero seven nine. You're live on People's Party New Black Power Party. The People's Talk Black Nationals Network. Talk to me. What's going on, brother? This is Brother Knowledge from the New Black Panther Party, North Wolf Chapter, Chief of Staff. Brother, how you doing today? Man, I'm I'm well, Black man. I'm well, man. I'm glad you chimed in and called. What's good, Brother Knowledge, and what's happening? In, in fact, man, I heard I was talking to uh, a National Minister of Justice, man, and uh. I heard about the event, man. I heard your brother's doing some good things. So say your comment, but but before I definitely go, I'd like for you to give us a little update on the Dr. Khaled Abdul-Muhammad uh, event. But you lied um, to Mike Shore, brother. Yeah, true indeed. I, I had a question, but I'm going I'm to ask after I'll give you, you know, a little update. Um, the event went pretty well, you know, all up until that one situation happened where you had an ex-Panther or someone claiming to be a Panther under a non-existent formation. Or whatever he want to call it, try to approach Minister Justice, and you know it had to be ceased immediately. He uh, mm. he tried to do it on, tried to be sneaky with it, like when there was no no one else around. When he thought he had the upper hand, him and his accomplice mm. or whatever they want to call each other. But little did they know, um, I wasn't having that. We wasn't having that, so right it was ceased. And um, you know we try to try to talk calm and respectful, but it just seemed like he was trying to be extra aggressive for no reason. Like it wasn't it was honestly it wasn't called for. And um, you know, mm-hmm. we told him that we wanna make a phone call or whatever this week and he just got so upset like like like, like, he, like he was gonna be exposed. <laughs> well you gotta understand brother, what ends up happening man is a lot of times a lot of people will write us off. You know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. the, the people, the masses, the lumpy proletarian, the ones out here is doing the work. Your brothers like yourself, like myself, Chemka, our beautiful sister minister of justice. When you do the work and you don't seek the limelight, a lot of people when they don't hear of you, when they haven't seen you doing sensationalism, when you're not an instant YouTube success, that they think that if you don't have them, you're gonna die. But what ends up happening is you find out who chases the camera and who does the work. And what happened mm-hmm. with our beautiful minister of justice is that when everybody thought that they were counting us out and cutting us off, lo and behold, where no chapter really existed or no chapter was really making a dent, the sister had, they thought she was the dead weight. When the sister cut some dead weight, a chapter emerged, and not just a chapter, an active chapter, and it's constantly and continuously growing. So a lot of times, despite the brothers and sisters' self, they become enraged. And I'm, a, I'm an Orthodox Muslim, so a lot of times I'll, you know, quote from the Quran. And uh, Allah says in the Quran, he says they bite their fingertips off. They're so enraged. 
You know what I'm saying? So we allow them to keep biting mm-hmm. their fingertips off, keep allowing them to do their thing, man. But we're going to keep continuing doing the work, and that's right on time, man. And we send out that message and that issue. You know, we don't do threats and nothing like that, but we do. We are black to have a party for defense, and we would defend our own. And we don't take kindly to uh, bullying or uh, um, so-called intimidation tactics. Man, so I applaud and commend the Jersey chapter for doing their thing and tell you to keep continuing to do what you do, brother, and to look out for our National Minister of Justice. But you said you had a question, uh, Chief of Staff, Black um, Power. Do we we have any international relations with other countries? Or are Uh, we working on that as we speak or... We are. We are we, we, we are working on that. And if we're not working on that, that is definitely one of our goals. Our ideology and philosophy is revolutionary black nationalism, revolutionary pan Africanism. So we understand that in, to truly be free, a people are not truly free and to the to the land that the people belong to are free. They used to have an old saying back in the day, you don't stand a Chinaman's chance in hell. The Chinese used to catch wreck. Now the Chinese don't catch wreck because when the Chinese have the mouth same tongue after the Chinese Revolution and the Chinese practiced a nationalism and declared their nationhood, people had to recognize the Chinese. Us as African people here in America, until Africa is free, until we establish these relationships, we will never truly be free. In order to change the system that we belong into, which is a, uh, this capitalist imperialist system, capitalism being a national level, imperialism being international, so when they, basically what I'm saying, when they practice profit over people, when they exploit and oppress us here in America, then that's capitalism. But when they take these same philosophies, when they take these same practices and do them overseas, that's called imperialism. So in order to address the capitalist imperialist nation and to break out of this and find a system that is beneficial and effective for us to a people, we have to establish those relations. And why do we establish these relations? In order for us to be in order for us to be a nation, in order to be a successful nation, we have to uh, establish uh, import and export. We have to establish those international ties, those international affairs. And then we're also stating that our rights are not a civil rights issue, but our rights are an issue of human rights violations, according to the um, UN uh, Declaration of Human Rights. That, these, that our rights as human beings are being violated for no other reason than we are the descendants of an African people. So we're saying this. How are you going to violate our human rights and you perpetrated the damn crime? You robbed us. You kidnapped us. You raped and sold and bought and enslaved and tortured and humiliated and degraded and, and culturally maimed and retarded and retard a people. And yet still practice oppression against us. Indeed. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, we definitely want to we definitely want to establish those ties. But in order to establish those ties, we have to have something to establish those ties with. It's like me trying to go into my neighbor's house. You know, my neighbor's going through some things, he and his wife or he and his children or some stuff's happening in my neighbor's house. And I'm trying to rectify the situation in my neighbor's house. When I come to my house, my house is raggedy as hell. You know what I'm saying? So we have to establish a base, we have to at least have some stability at least some sense, at least a sense of, uh, uh, what am I looking, what's the word I'm looking for, brother? Now, there's something that, you know, we, our house, basically our house has to be together. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And that way when we go, when we go to start to deal with our brothers and sisters, we're going with a measure of sense. A lot of times what happens with our Pan-Africanist community who say that they go against uh, black nationalism, 
a lot of times what happens with 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 us is that um we uh we go over there and we haven't got black nationalism together we haven't learned to solidarity and unity unity over here we don't have a sense of our african culture over here so what ends up happening is we go over there thinking that we're going to change all their problems and that's a white supremacist mind state well i'm african american i'm born over in america i'm going to go over there i'm going to rectify correct africa Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So we have to, you know, then so we, we have, have to get, have to get, we have to get, we, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a my last thing, Chevy Car, I got you, you know, you coming in, because I know when we touching on Pan-Africanism, I was going to catch you in, so I clicked, I don't know what happened, I think you dropped off. So basically, we have to have our mindset together. But Chevy Car, please, Mike is yours. <laughs> yes, uh, one brother, um, we automatically have a relationship Comrade, we already have a relationship with Africa uh, in our philosophy and in our ideology in terms of revolutionary black nationalists and pan-Africanists. The other relationship that we have with Africa is that we are an African people that have been brought here abroad, so we still have Africa as our motherland. Marcus Garvey, Honorable Marcus Garvey, never touched foot in Africa. But he has sent people to Africa, but he never seen Africa. He's seen the Caribbean. He's seen all the islands. But his vision and his spirit of his life and ancestor was in Africa, and, and he had a back to Africa movement. So we have a relation with Africa. First, we must have a relation with Africa spiritually. And like as uh, Brother Yanga said earlier, that many of us can go to, go to Africa physically and still be Negroes and come back. Still a Negro, because if we go to Africa with a Negro mind and just say that we were in Africa, we're just a Negro in Africa. And uh, so, but what we're saying here, on our patch, the panther on our patch coming out of Africa is a symbol of our relationship with Africa. And our uh, colors, the red, black, and green, is a symbol that we believe that uh, universal African people, one God, one aim, and one destiny. So one does not have to go to Africa to relate with Africa. Uh, Africa is in us. Africa is in our spirit. And when we do go, we will go as an African and not as a tourist and not as a Negro. Mm. We are already connected with Africa by liberating and struggling here, as Yanga said, to fight imperialism here is fighting to liberate Africa there. Black power, sir. Black power. Black power. And and, and one of the things I want to add to this, and I'm about to put my girl on the spot. I'm about to put Lady Frieda on the spot. One of the things I want to add is where we talk about this mental thing is to get out of what the uh, – the enemies of Africa, the image that they have painted to us, that these are backwards people that they need, come need saving and come need rectifying. She had taken a trip to Ethiopia and showed me the film. And I thought she was in downtown Atlanta. I'm talking about I saw Boo Boo. I saw Lil John. I saw all, all the brothers that I know looking like these brothers. They have buildings, they have cars. So, that, you know, we have to get over there. So this is what it is that we don't have to come over with the supremacist mindset that we're going to rescue or then we're going to elevate or we're going to educate the people who are already there but work, have the spirit of collaboration, of cooperation, of building together. In fact, the sister ain't winning cue, but I'm putting you on, sister, so if you're doing something you don't want us here, you better stop because Lady Freedom, let me see. Your, your line is open. What? All I had to do was unmute my phone. I'm not <laughs> But um, I really appreciate you, um, Brother Yanga, for patching me on, in on this because um, while I was hearing the brother asking the questions about 
our connections to Africa, our connections to other countries. And, you know, I think about the chapters that do exist just, um, like, even just the chapters that do exist in, in England, in South Africa, and just the, the connections that, that I personally have with people in Ghana and Kenya, you know, and, and I would just say, even as a challenge, you know, to anyone on this line that doesn't have a connection to someone who is a, a, a um, off the plane as opposed to an off the ship African, you know, that, that is our duty. You know, how are we pan-Africanists and we can't give you five uh, off the plane Africans as opposed to off the ship Africans. And, um, and in order for us to solidify our our spiritual connection that we have to Africa, it will take a good, like uh, like your brother was saying, uh, that Brother Marcus, that the most honorable Marcus inside Garvey never made that, that voyage there, but his spirit was there. But I think if someone can make that connection, that's a beautiful thing because, you know, I consider myself someone that was very well connected spiritually to the continent before I made it there. Thank you. Before I made it to the continent, and and the, and to get to be there, and to experience the the history, to obtain knowledge directly, was truly a blessing. And I and I heard you making reference to that footage, um, and when you were saying the common the common enemy, so to speak, you know, uh, so many times we are uh, they they want to paint the picture for us that our our beloved motherland is war torn that. It is full of civil war. But what I saw was much to the contrary. What I saw was Umoja when I was over there. What I saw when I was over there was Ujima. I saw Kujichagalia in action over there. You know, and so to be in the place that uh, that was misreported to me, like all these people are starving. Now, them people eating good. Them people eat better than weed, and they ain't got no food stamps. You understand? Uh, to see how the same countries that want us to be at each, at each other's throats are the same countries that are even right now as we speak building division amongst our people. And so when we are, when we are fighting the power, so to speak, um, it's not just enough to fight the power for what they're doing to us on this land. You know, it has to be a, a united, solidified, progression for dual justice, you know, not just for us, but also when we see, it's, it's like uh, your cousin in, in uh, let's just say your cousin in another state, let's just, just to be ambiguous, I'll say Oregon, you got your cousin over there in Oregon, and you get worried somebody messing with your people over there in Oregon, well, you might can't get there, but you're going to try to figure everything you can do between here and there to make something happen for your people, you know, and so let us not be remiss in that as well with our people over in Uganda and uh, and the like, you know. Uh, the same way that people have made a concerted effort to show, to, uh, to show us lies, i.e., we don't like each other, they don't like us over there, and we don't like them over here. We know, we know that that is not true, and the best way to... To reconcile that is to be actively involved, like I say, with with some Africans off the off the plane and not off the ship, uh, and also 
to to get some proper propaganda to show our people why. Like Brother Younger said, he thought he was looking at Atlanta, man. That's why I started the video camera. I was like, good goodness, this looks like Atlanta. That looked like uh, Santa Monica right there. And this looks like, you know what I mean, like contemporary high-level cities. That's where we come from. And we didn't. We didn't teach the world civilization and then turn around and, and go back 5,000 years. No, these people are watching 7D and 8D movies while we still own 3D, you know? Uh, so the, the same people that wanted our people to kill each other, i.e. Russia, i.e. Germany, still over there doing the same thing, uh, and they're doing it in our faces. And so I think one of the, one of the good ways to even to – bust the misconception that we don't have love and we don't care for our brothers and sisters across the ocean would be to make stands for them when we see these countries, including our own country, yes, America herself, uh, uh, bullying and uh, mistreating our our brothers and sisters across the ocean. You know, and I know I could, I could talk all day about, about Africa and our connection to her, uh, but... And I appreciate it. And I'm going to tell you something. I appreciate you coming, um, going to Africa. I appreciate the trip. I appreciate you coming and sharing that experience with me. Let me see the videotape, you know, and, um, you know, introduce me, even take me to the fine Ethiopian cuisine restaurant. That was cool. Appreciate that. Uh, And 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 one of the things. I want to tell people, if I may, may I please tell people, when I tell people that I'm a part of the New Black Panther Party across that water, you should see the amount of pride in their faces. Proud of us. You know, and so I just wanted to relate that to the people. They know who we are. They know what we represent, and they know that we are fighting. They know that we are continuing this fight for freedom, even though they tried to obliterate the many different factions before us. So let that be encouragement to somebody. You know, they know who we are. They know what we represent, and uh, and, and should we really stand up to our full potential, they'll be right there with us. Right on. And Lady Freedom is our chairperson. I don't even think that we give a formal introduction. Is our, is our Birmingham, Alabama chairperson and our Alabama representative. So, um, and like I said, man, it, it's good to know. It was good to see those things. And this is one of the things that we have to understand. We have to get out of that conception. This is what I talk about, the white supremacy mindset. And the key word in that is not just white, but supremacy. It's thinking that you are supreme or better than. And when we go over there with that mindset, is a white supremacy because only this white man has taught you that Africa is savage, barbaric, dark, you know, unintelligent, and that their Western ways or that their their Western culture is better and that you have to bring that over there and that you're going to bring them some type of salvation. When, in fact, going back to the motherland, going back to the essence and to the origin should really be a brainwashing in the literal sense of the word to wash our brain of the corruption and the foolishness that has been implemented, has been planted in it. You know, and these are one of the things, and these are the relations that we have to work on. And we're going to have to be patient. You know, we're going to have to be patient with our brothers that come off the plane, like we're asking our brothers and sisters that come off the plane to be patient with us. Because not only have we suffered the effects of slavery, the effects of being uh, uh, oppressed and, and exploited, and our language and our culture being taken, but they're suffering from colonialism. Some of oh, them. Yeah. You know, they're suffering from they're suffering from having these people come over there and putting their culture and their ways on them in their own land. So, and I didn't want to take it from uh, Brother Knowledge, Chief of Staff Knowledge. Did you have any more questions? 
No, sir. That, that's it for now. If I do, I'll chime back in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Help yourself. Yeah, again, this is this is your host, Brother Yang and Kuma, the People's Party, New Black Panther Party, the People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network, allowing you to have your say, your opinions, your comments, your questions, an opportunity to address members from the New Black Panther Party to get our position and our uh, our stance on certain things. We have our national spokesman calls, and we have our national spokesman, Chairman Carr, out of Cleveland, Ohio, on the line. So if you have any questions, third development. And for those brothers and sisters who aren't familiar with the teachings of how we teach the development of the Panther Party, third development, a lot of the brothers and sisters, we say erroneously or mistakenly, call the original. We know the original was the Mississippi Freedom Party, or uh, starting in Mississippi, or either going some dated to Lowndes County, Alabama. But we say that Huey P. Newton and Bobby Shields was the third development. And we, the new Black Panther Party, are the fourth development. Because there ain't nothing new about us. Anytime we keep, we do this, we have this attitude or stuff like this, then we're implying that we're starting the revolution from right here. But the revolution started, like Chairman Carr teaches us, why our, uh, the cat comes out of our patch from Africa, because the revolution started when that, that first devil, that first cracker, put chains on a brother in Africa. When that brother snatched back, the resistance began. The resistance okay. movement was born then. When that brother yanked back and said no, or whatever language we said it in, you know, that was the resistance movement, and it continues today. And we understand that the only successful revolution, when we study revolution, has been protracted struggle, a revolution that is passed from generation to generation. We have to stop romanticizing the revolution, brothers and sisters, listeners out there. It's not going to come overnight. The revolution is not an event. It is a process. The revolution is not an event, it is a process. It's not something you wake up and you throw on your beret, you slap your button on, and then throw up the black fist, and all of a sudden we got revolution. But it is a continuous process. It is a social, cultural, economic, political process. And the revolutionary theories and ideas and philosophy and ideology, revolutionary black nationalist ideology, has to be incorporated in the foods we eat, in, a, in the way we rear and raise our children in our conduct and behavior towards our spouses. And my mouth is closer to my ears because it's a work in progress. We're constantly learning. We're constantly trying to achieve that. Anything you want to add on this, Chairman Carl? Uh, yes. Um, one of the things that the comrades uh, and the listening audience uh, have to be um, definitely uh, conscious of, the oppressor knows who we are. And this is why he constantly is oppressing us. Uh, we got a thing called DNA. And <laughs> I said developing a Negro back to an African. You know, that's okay. that DNA. And uh, he knows who we are. And he knows that this oppression that he's putting on us is that it's going to cause us to look at ourselves. And I tell the brothers today, when we do hindsight and look back, segregation was paradise to compare to what we're living in now. When we had our own stores, that was black nationalism, they called it segregation. When we had our own schools, that was black nationalism, they called it segregation. We had our own theater houses, they called it segregation, but that was black nationalism. They had us hating our independence. They had us hating our own barbershops, 
our own pool hall, our own movie hall, our own community of conduct, where if a family were hungry, we fed the family. The family needed rent. We had rent party. That was communalism, and that was that African trait that we had that survived us and because he came with his propaganda, his ideology, that on the other side of the fence was better than what we had. We trade our African culture and our African value. The sister can walk the street without being harassed. You can have screen doors on your house and people will not come in. That was that African village concept. That was that community concept. That was that border concept. That was black nationalism. And this is what we're talking about. We got to let brothers and sisters know we're not bringing nothing new. We're just trying to complete what we started and was was attacked by the insurgents of white supremacy. This is why the elders and the youth must be one because the counterinsurgents came and at a period of history waged a counterintelligent attack on the movement, on the African movement here in America. The Honorable Brother Malcolm X, El Haj Malik Shabazz, built an organization called the Organization of Afro-American Unity, and he said call the Afro-American Unity then instead of African-American Unity because he was still working against that brainwash that the European gave the black man here in America had him scared to say Africa. So he cut his shoulder to say Afro until we develop. Marcus Garvey in the Universal Negro Improvement Association and African Community League the UNIA and the ACL simply meaning this. The universal Negro improvement means a universal Negro improvement, a Negro improvement, and then it says Africa Community League. What is an approved Negro in number of Africans? And so in all of our organizations, we were moving the people towards to build that African concept. So now we call ourselves new Africans, which is a start, and in the end, there ain't going to be no new. We're all going to be Africans. So we so we bringing the people slowly because the revolution, like you say, is a slow process. It's a painful process. And what I mean a painful uh, process, that we were raised up on the plantation on the white supremacist where it's hurt. They say that, you mean I've been wrong all these years? It's hard to go to the minister and, and he said, you mean I've been teaching the lie all these years? So out of false pride, he hung on that. You go to the Islamic community and say, you mean I've been living an Arab culture all my life? And his, proud, uh, uh, his pride uh, uh, holds him back. So the revolution process is a painful process, being under slavery and uh, white supremacy and white ideals and, and white values. It's a process that don't come overnight. A child don't come out the womb full grown. A child come out the womb and there's a process. And so the People's Party, and let me make this clear, as spokesman, the People's Party is the Panther Party. The new Black Panther Party is a continuation of the first development of the Panthers, as Daniel was saying, and the second development of the Panthers. And I want to make it clear, J. Edgar Hoover, that demon, that devil, before he died and went to hell to meet his relatives, he made a statement. He made a statement, and his statement was, I didn't make it. 
Malcolm didn't say it. Garvin didn't say it. Elijah didn't say it. Nobody trusted it. He said every day a panther is born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we every have day. no copyright on the Panther Liberation Movement because every day a Panther is born. Our job is to make sure that the philosophy and the ideology and the theology of black nationalism and Pan-Africanism stay in shape. And they right would not be caught by the false nationalists, the undercover nationalists, the watered-down nationalists, that we must maintain the philosophy, the ideology, the theology of black nationalism as a revolutionary nationalist movement, and the revolution pan-Africanist movement is a revolutionary international connected black nationalist movement. Africa is united, as Marco Garvey said, is one nation, one black power nation. Right and on. that's what they don't want. So I want to share that, brothers and sisters, and please call in because we are family. We are family, right. and real men and real women talk because real minds meet. Exactly, and that's what we're having our, our open discussion. Let's go to our phone lines, man, because you must have black power. Black power, moms, uh, one, of, one, of, one of the things that... Black uh, power. <laughs> Black Tower. I'm telling you, man, when Chairman Carr get to speak in the house, get to shout. Phone lines are lit up. Let's go to some of these phone lines, Chairman Carr. You ready for some questions, sir? Yes, sir. Let's go to uh, 973, last digits, 5102. You're live. Uh, this is People's Party, New Black Panther Party, with your boy Yang and Krumah, and our co-host, uh, National Spokesman Chairman Kaha. Mic's open. Yes, Yes, sir. Black Power. This is Chairman Everett's prom from the North Chapter. I'm at the gym right now. Black Power. And I'm at the gym right now because we're the last line of defense for our people. Somebody got to be strong. So with that being said, I ain't going to be long, but I'm going to be strong. Right on. I I ain't got no questions for right now, but I was over here in the situation with Minister Justice. And you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Knowing that I read the menu, you know what I'm saying? Sexism, and you know what I mean? You're not going to tolerate harassment, you know what I'm saying? 48 laws of power, tactics, none of that, none of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. just wanted to touch on That's that. That's right. And plus, and plus with, the, um, with the division stuff, like, you know how the, the government, you know what I'm saying, they work with the they Army, the Navy, the military, I mean, the um, Air Force, the Marines, etc. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to be moving like that as well. If we can't come, it's, it's the same ideology. Absolutely. Absolutely, dear brother. And that's right, man. And that's right, brother chairman. And that's what I say. You know, one of the things that these brothers and sisters are going to have to let go of uh, are these various, um, you know, for lack of better words, factions and things of that mm-hmm. nature are egos. You know what I'm yes, saying? Sir. They got to let go of the egos. Just like you yes, said, sir. you got the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, and they come together for one goal. And that's exactly. the defense of this so-called country, and they can, what do they say? Against they, any they enemy, make. whether foreign or domestic. You know what I'm saying? So we don't necessarily, might not necessarily always agree with the so-called leaderships of different things, but at the end game, we have to agree with the same, we're trying to accomplish the same goals and have the same vision. You know what I'm saying? So don't hinder our progress. Don't mm-hmm. step in our way. That's right. Don't become that stumbling That's block, right. that obstacle. Don't become That's an unwitting right. agent for this devil. 
You know what I'm saying? If you see us yeah. doing the work, either jump on, get in line, or get the hell out of the way. You know what I'm saying? We used to say in the street, ride with us, I give our roll with us, I get rolled over. You know what I'm saying? And we don't want to roll over our brothers and sisters, so roll with us. And if you can't roll in the same car with us, then you get in your car, we head in the same direction. I see you there, brother. I see you there, sister. But don't hate because stuff is getting done. And this is what we talk about, like what uh, Chairman Kahar was just talking about, the effects of the, the psychological effects, the effects of the plantation. Negroes mm-hmm. hating on Negroes. You know what I'm saying? It's easier for us to blame one another for our failures instead of looking at the real enemy. You know what I'm saying? It's like blaming the victim for being victimized. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want to fight one another. Exactly. Go ahead, brother. Right. You have something to say? Add to No, I was saying because we need to learn from this and not repeat it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we already know they broke down the fractions before. You know what I'm saying? With, you know what I'm saying? The Black Liberation Army and the Panthers and the Central. You know what I'm saying? So I don't even know why. This nigga mess always got to play a part when just doing the work for the people. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I told me, you know what I'm saying, oblivious, or, and I'm, I'm not even worried about all this negativity because that hinder us doing the work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you got to face reality. You got to deal with nothing here sometimes. So, I mean, we, you know what I'm saying? I'm all, <laughs> like I said, I'm at the gym right now. I can't really give y'all my full, you know what I'm saying, Participation and shit, but I'm on the line. I'm here with y'all brothers. Man, well, I'm gonna tell you what, Black brother power. chairman. As I'm, I'm like power. I'm gonna keep your line open, man. So anytime you just want to, you know, chime in or throw your thing, uh, brother Prime, feel free to jump on in there. You know, we all comrades. But to add mm-hmm. to, and that's exactly what you're saying. You know, nigga message to be expected. I think one of the mm-hmm. things, though, this is the importance of understanding us growing in the phases of development. You know, one of the mm-hmm. things about going in the phases of development is we, we're saying that we have had predecessors. We've had people to come before us. We've had people, mm-hmm. we've had trailblazers. We've had yes, pioneers. Sir. So the way, to, the way that you measure any growth and production is by, uh, or any tree is by the fruit that it bears, by mm-hmm. what it produces. If we still repeating the same mess that happened with, uh, uh, with uh, Defense Minister Huey P. Newton, and, and Sam Napier and everyone on the East Coast and West Coast, East Coast play. We're still looking at what happened with uh, Jeff Ford and uh, Chairman Fred, uh, 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 Chairman Fred Hatt. If we're still repeating yes, these sir. things and doing these things, and still doing these things, then our growth is is in a in a state of retardation. Then you have your people, you have the devil actually looking at us. He said, "Look at these dumb niggas." You know, the history is spelled out for. Them. It's right there in the book, black and white. The, the FBI files have been made, have been declassified and made revealed. We all know the infamous statement of uh, J. Uh, Edgar Hoover, you know, when he said that we must stop the rise of a black messiah. How many times have we repeated this? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So we, and, you, and brothers and sisters, please forgive me. I'm, I'm coming down with a cold. I'm sipping on the tea, so my voice is kind of going. But so bear with me and be patient. Um, but how many times have we repeated these things? So we know what's happening. So for us to fall into the same traps and the same snare is a sign of retardation. It's a sign of a uh, some type of sickness, not just a sickness, some type of hindrance in our development. So we have to grow. For a lot of us who are in the middle, have to take the have to take the, have to take the, somebody breathing pretty hard in the phone too. So if you if you breathing pretty hard in the phone, so we have to some some of us are taking uh, have to have a uh, take the bigger step. You know what I'm saying? We have to be the ones that show them what a revolutionary is 
and what revolution yes, should be about. And 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 right. 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 hold on. And before we go on, let me get this phone because I have a caller so patiently holding. And from Jones, Jones is blowing up the phone lines. I love it. I absolutely love it. Let's open up the mic. Nine seven three zero zero one four. You're live. Black Power. Yes, this is Brother Militia from the North Chapter MOD. Black Power. Black Power. Yeah, one of the things I'd like to open up the brother's eyes to is um, the media is putting us in a negative light because there's this video on YouTube that, that makes us look negative. What video is that, brother? Share it with us. Um, What's happening on, on the video? If you go on YouTube, Black Panther Party, there's um, like a documentary that comes in four parts. And it's, I don't know who did this documentary, but it's, it's killing us on, on, on YouTube. <laughs> oh, man, it's, 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 it, it, that's going to happen. You're going to have that. This is one right. of the reasons that the, that the um, in fact, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Chairman Carr. Would yes, you sir. like to address that? Oh, definitely. Uh, I definitely will. Um, what's, what uh, we are dealing with, uh, I'm getting some static. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, one is to to uh, make it clear. Uh, when when we accepted membership in the People's Party, the New Black Panther Party, that is a declaration of war. Mm-hmm. When you become a Panther, it's a declaration of war against white supremacy and against all ills that affected our people. The program is called Counterintelligence Program. So, why was the program called Counterintelligence? Hmm. It's not called Counter Ignorance because ignorance in itself will destroy itself. So, the program is to counter the intelligence of our leadership. And we have strong leadership in the organization. So we're going to see more lies of propaganda coming out. We're going to have more uh, 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 factions that are going to set up and call themselves Panthers. So I'm sending this out to all Panthers who are listening and members of the People's Party, the People's Revolutionary Party, the New Black Panther Party, I'm sending out all this that we must become scholar soldiers. It's easy to fight a man with your fist, but today we got to deal with a high level of ideological battles to win our people back over from the propaganda lies. You know a panther by hissing her words. You know a panther by hissing her language. You know a panther by his and her uh, 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 ethics and the panther principles. We have to begin to establish that because they propaganda going to come at us harder today than they ever came at us. And we should not worry about the other Negroes who calling themselves panthers only 
giving lip service. We keep doing the work. We ain't got to worry about counterintelligence because we're intelligent enough to see counterintelligence. Yes, sir. Okay? So that's how we deal with counterintelligence. Malcolm said the most dangerous person is an ignorant person. And that brother that came up and disrespected the leadership in New Jersey, the enemy will send ignorant people at us so that we can rebel, so that they can come and set up attack on us as they did Hewitt Newton, the West Coast and the East Coast, to try to bring uh, 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 arguments to the point where somebody ignorant will 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 feel the first blow, and then the next thing, the media blow it up, there's a wall between the Panthers. There ain't such a wall. There's an ideological struggle, and we're going to win it. Black power. Black power. Right on. And it goes back to what Chairman Carr is saying. My thing, that that's the importance of political education. That's the importance of knowing the ideology. Because you're going to have these sensationalists that get out here that want that, you know, that limelight. They're going to get on there and say the most ridiculous damn stuff you can possibly think of. They have all the cameras on there, not looking at the long-term effects, not really understanding what we as the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, are all about and what we're trying to accomplish. We are a self I'm sorry, say it again, brother. Say it again, defense man. I'm sorry, I thought you was cut. Right, we're a self-determinist organization. We're a self-determinist group. Our whole thing is about building ourselves up so that we can rely and depend on ourselves and be independent of any other people, except for the black men and women here in America. This is why they came after the third development. This is exactly what the third development and the developments before were teaching us. Like uh, 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 Chairman Carl was saying, one of our principles in the manual, one of our principles is the Uza Saba, the seven principles. And one of those principles is Kujakalia, self-determination. And this is what Huey P. Newton and everybody was teaching us. It wasn't the guns and, you know, like the media likes to sensationalize, show the brothers, you got the T-shirts, and you got uh, Brother Huey, Defense Minister Huey, and Chairman uh, Seals with the guns standing out. Everybody, oh, man, the mix is bad, they got guns. That wasn't it. What scared Jack over? What scared America was grits. It was the fact that we as a people were saying, we know we don't have to depend and rely on you. We will feed ourselves. People don't know that before WIC came out, before the government was giving you milk and cheese, we were giving milk and cheese. We made our own shoes. We had to bust the prison. You know what I'm saying? We were doing, we had safe scenes against a fearful environment. So we were taking care of ourselves. And this became a threat to the government, just like it has times before. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Rosewood, just like Chairman Carr was teaching the segregation. Anytime you become an independent people and a people only relying upon the spread of your own problems, your own resources, then you become a dangerous people. See, when they feed you, they can starve you. When they give to you, they can take from you. But when you do for self, when you do for self, there's nothing they can do to you. They have to bring it. When you do for self, if they want your ass, they have to bring ass. Excuse my language. Verbally, you learn. You know what I'm saying? I know he got children, the family program. But when they when they do for you, they can get your booty and not even have to put themselves in harm's way because they're feeding you like a puppy, like some type of pet. They do, they give you, they give you, and then they threaten you. So this is why it's the government came up with the free breakfast programs in school. Quick, they started testing for sickle cell anemia in our communities. 
was to underline our base, was to start to get the people dependent on the government again. And then once the people started getting dependent on the government, saying, oh, well, shoot, we can get this right here. We don't have to do with the Panthers. They came in and wiped out or attempted to wipe out a resistance movement. A movement that was built on getting the people to, for the people to have that independence, and then when we got dependent on the government again, now they threatened, then they can snatch it away from you. For us brothers and sisters in not aware of politics, peep game. The Senate and the House is controlled by the Republicans now, and Obama is in his last year, 2016. He's out of there, so Republicans might have a Republican president. And one of the first things they're going to do is cut some of these social programs because they don't like the 1% of the wealthy of America being taxed. And when they cut the social program, which many Africans here in America, men and women, have become dependent on. Now, I'm not saying it's nothing wrong with using things to get used leverage, to get a grip. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But we become dependent on these things. When they cut the programs, you know us, brothers and sisters. I'm talking to my people, so I'm going to keep it real. We're going to eat. Ain't that the words we use? We're going to eat, son. We are going to eat. So we're going to eat by any means necessary. So when we start eating by any means necessary, you have the, uh, the crime rate goes up. And prisons are already privatized. You see how this capitalism works? You see how the cycle? They do things already. They start privatizing prisons 20, 30 years before. They already know they're going to cut the social programs to get you to commit crimes to fill their prisons so they can get your free labor. And slavery's back in effect. So the Panther Party, the revolutionary black nationalists, the Panther, we're here to go to the mass of the people, not to get up there, not to whip the people up in an emotional frenzy. We're not the church or the mosque or the synagogue or anything. We're not trying to get this devil, this cracker, and this everybody. That's right. That's right. That's right. And go home and be hungry. Go home lights out. Go home and homeless. Rat biting our children. Roaches crawling in their ears. Conditions still miserable. But I show with boy, that brother preached a message. Oh, man, he got on. He talked about that white devil. And that's all you did. No. The revolutionary is there to show the people how to become self-sufficient. We start up health programs, proper nutrition. The revolutionary is there to say, hey, you get the stamps. Let me show you how to stretch this money. Let's get a, bit, a, a, a budget program going to stretch these monies so that your stamps will last you for the whole month. Ain't no point in going to the And I'm talking to my people, so don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You get in the grocery store. With them brothers and sisters, you go in the grocery stores first of the month. You look at the grocery buggy, Zuzu Puffs, Wham Wham Cookies. Yum yums and goody treats, nothing nutritious. And by the middle of the month, the damn stamps gone. Or you got this era buying stamps. He buy your stamps. <laughs> Go ahead, talk to me. Yeah, you know, in Cleveland, uh, when we had and uh, you you was here and we were organizing and we had a Panther Community Center, and the Panthers yeah. that were given that had food stamps. Volunteer gave happily food stamps to buy groceries so that we had a free lunch program. So we could feed it, so we could have the lunch program off our stamps. So we thank the government for that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. So, so, like, I just had to bring that up that, you know, we ate and the community ate. Exactly. You know, and this is the only way one to make it. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, but, uh, it's just like. Go ahead. I'm listening, sir. No, go ahead. It, it was it was it was 
like you were saying that uh, 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 our survivor, uh, uh, sister of Sada Shakur, uh, uh, made a comment, and it's, and it's almost like uh, the comment, well, it's almost like our black power objected to define who we are, to develop who we are, and to defend who we are. And she had three things to say. So the Sergeant Kaur said there were three different political education classes, and she said this was one of the uh, weaknesses in the party in the long run uh, in the third development that brought it down was uh, the lack of political education programs. She said there were three levels of education program with the Panthers. The first level was education classes for the community. Those are the rallies. Those are the workshops. The other classes is for the cadre. Those are members, special members, uh, the membership. Then we had special classes, and those were classes for the leadership. So when we're dealing with a professional war, see, many people take the Panthers as just a club. They they uh, take the organization as where I can come in and, and I can do what I can do. Half of the members that is out here running loose, they won't dare do that in the nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. But they figure that the, that the, that we are not professional. They feel that we are not intelligent enough. They feel that we are not real enough, and so they can come into the organization and play with us. But we are yes. not going to tolerate that. Why? Because we are revolutionary black nationalists. And the respect that you give other organizations, we demand the same respect that you give to us. And I said right. that the, that the prison population is full of us, brothers and sisters from the 60s, brothers and sisters who died in prison because of lack of Medicare, brothers mm. and sisters who have been isolated for 40 years because of their political belief. Brothers and sisters who are in the grave, and there were so many Panther chapters that were built that we would never know all the Panthers that might have been murdered or even might be in prison right now that was locked up and murdered because they was black Panthers and we don't even know them, and we take this movement to be a joke. That's that we right. can say that we are Panthers, and that's supposed to be a joke. When you say that you are Panther then you're saying that you are qualified revolutionary black nationalists. Mm-hmm. And if you find one who cannot say that, tell them, say, brother, I'm sorry, uh, you must be in a lion club because you should be talking <laughs> with the Panthers. Exactly. Push and that that's how strong we have to stand. We have to have the classes for the community. We have to have our own class so that we can make sure our soldiers are ideologically solid that we were able to debate with the professors on the college campus on the Afrocentric thought, that we were able to go on the streets and debate with the brothers and sisters on the street who are saying that they are Moors. We should be able to be political strong enough to walk in the mosque for those who say they are Muslim. We should be able strong enough to walk in the church for those who say they are Christian and stand firm on our theology and our ideology of revolutionary black nationalism and pan-Africanism. That's where this party is moving. That the people will have legitimacy in every city. As of the day, I want the chairman to know in every city, you are not the chairman just of the Black Panther Party. You're the chairman of New Jersey. 
You the chairman of Houston. You the chairman of Dallas. I'm the chairman of Cleveland. You the chairman of Atlanta. Wherever you at, you just not the chairman of a particular organization. You represent the people. And when the people call you chairman, you're the people chairman, and the people will never be able to touch you. Right on. Black power. Black power. Black power. And that's and that's the truth of the matter. <laughs> you know, and there it is in a nutshell. You know, and that's and that's you know, he's he's teaching. And that's what we're and it goes back to knowing exactly what we represent and what we're trying to accomplish. When we sign off for this, I think it's it's like Chairman Carr said. You know, a lot of people we do in our organization what they would they wouldn't do in the next of Islam or in the Hebrew Israelite or in the Orthodox Muslim or whatever denominates the church. Synagogues, whatever they wouldn't dare do, and they find this, and we become so loose in our teachings. We become so loose in our um, probationary periods, in our ninety days, in our methodology, in our ideology, in our walk, in our talk, that we get these people that come in seeking this limelight, seeking their so-called fifteen minutes of fame, and they're using us as a platform, and they're doing it. This is why, like you were saying, uh, Defense Minister. You can you turn on the YouTube and you see some nut on there saying something crazy. We spend more time cleaning up with some nut that said than actually getting the work done. But what I find, what I find is that when you do the work, the people will clean it up. One of the things is what happened is when we came up with the formation at that particular time uh, up under Sister Krista Muhammad in Atlanta, we had some people that came out that actually came out to protest. They couldn't stand the Panthers under the leadership of Malik and Hashim and this and that in Atlanta. They came out to disrupt. And these brothers I know, and they, you know, and the brothers I know, and they roll with Daruba bin Wahab. He's Kalanj and all of these. These are brothers that roll with some third development Panthers. So when they come to disrupt, I don't mean just come to, you know, um, shout out. They came to really break up the convention. And they got there, and they said, and one of them seen me. They said, oh, Yanga, this you? I was like, yeah. They said, this ain't Malik. I was like, now nah, it's a whole new thing going on, bro. And so the brother turned to the soldier. He's like, now nah, this Yanga, he cool. I don't know why he messed with these Panthers, but Yanga's real. So let's go in and sit down. And then it he found out. Like, it, shouldn't sorry, like, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like that, brother Yanga. They should have just, just backed you up. That, you know, but yeah. I, I, I just don't get it. Why it shouldn't so be like that, but... Yeah, it shouldn't be like that, but you've had people, you've had predecessors, Brother Minister, that have come before you and that have drugged the name. They've robbed their cities. They've exploited the women. They've uh, took resources. They've done everything, all of these things in the name of the Panthers, and brothers like you and I, brothers who have integrity, brothers who have a sincerity and a love for the people, have to come behind that because we understand that the Panther name is an institution, is a symbol of resistance in the black community and in, in, in our black history. So what we have to do is that we have to make sure that we walk a tightrope, that our names have credence, that our names are clean. So that when we attach our name to it, like I tell the brothers and sisters, we're in the beginning stages where we need, we have to be meticulous about our recruits. We have to put them through the ringer and we have to give them the Panther methodology and ideology. Because we need, this is the cleanup period. I tell them all the time and not just bragging. I just tell them, man, the Panthers don't do nothing for me. I'm trying to do something for the Panthers. Because the name has been shot, brother. Let's keep it real. But you have to sincere now what's happening here is that, like anything, evolution. 
and the times that with the Mike Browns and the Eric Garners and the, and the time that we're living in, that the revolutionaries like you and I, like uh, Chairman Prime, like Mr. Just, like Chairman Kahal, like uh, Chairman Freedom, and all the rest of my people, my brother, I see my brother on the line from the Black Nationalist Council, my brother Black Son, like all of us, the revolutionaries have stood up and have come out. And the time for these people with this empty talk is done. So we have to clean the name up. The path has has to become that symbol of resistance again, and not just a symbol of resistance, but the very resistant. It, it has to mean resistance. It has to. We have to be able to teach something and give something. You know, we have to make it back to what it was. We don't let nobody hijack our vehicle, like Jeremy Carr you says. Uh, it's like if somebody does a carjack and it does a drive by, do we stop driving the car? So we have to take our car back. We have to take this cab back. We have to raise the standard. And that's and that's what it's all about. And it's gonna take work. Black power. Black power. There's nothing easy about this. We revolutionaries. We're not looking for you know, I always tell people that and I use the third development because a lot of people are familiar with the third development. Or we can talk about Malcolm or many other greats. They didn't do stuff to get put on a T shirt or a baseball hat. They didn't sit back. You didn't sit in that wicker chair and say, hey, you know what? 20, 30 years from now, everybody's going to be wearing my shirt with me sitting in this wicker chair. Black power. The work was sincerely, the work was sincerely for the people. So that's what we have to be, and it is a, we have to eat, sleep, and breathe this. It has to become our culture. The pathway is a culture. It is a whole way of life to us. This is, we understand that our only salvation, the panther, the black panther is only an emblem that says, it's like when they got it in the Laos County Freedom uh, Party. When people couldn't read, you have to have that emblem. When you go into the voting thing, you're going to vote, and you see the Mississippi Freedom Party, then you see that black panther vote for the panther. Wherever you see that panther, vote for the panther. So this is what that panther is saying to us, revolutionary black nationalism, revolutionary pan-Africanism. That's what that cat represents. That's what it's saying in a nutshell. And we have to be the walking example of that. And in order to be the walking example of that, we have to know exactly what that is and what that entails. Our end game, what we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to achieve. And the ways to go about accomplishing and achieving these, these, these things. Brothers and sisters, we're in perilous times. There is no time to play. The time for games are over. The time for pet ass and grab ass and all of that stuff is done. Nobody is playing with us anymore. You got the Latino community constantly on the rise. We at one one point in time was the second minority. So for all those integrationists and assimilationists that thought the black people would have a place here in America, a nice little comfy, cozy spot, those days are done. I'm hoping, you know, if they're not waking up out of this nightmare right now, if they don't see the writing on the wall right now, then they'll never see it. But for us who see it, what are we doing to prepare ourselves against it? We have to stop being a people full of apathy, a people who don't care. We flow in the winds. In the changing times, whatever laws they put out, we don't have watchdog groups. We don't know the laws change until when somebody in court. And what they tell you, uh, ignorance is no excuse for the law. There's the only time you know they got a law for you. You don't know that you can't have three or more until they roll up on you and hit you with a game charge. Because we're not up on game. 
We don't know who our councilman is. We don't know that you may have money allocated for y'all up there. In the, I think y'all Brick City and all that stuff in Jersey and Houston down in Atlanta. We got a spot called Vine City. We had $80 million allocated to Vine City. Kasim Reed gave that money to everybody else but Vine City. But there were no black, there was no black watchdog group. There was no black people to expose. There was no group exposing Kasim Reed, exposing him for this. And you think those white people that he gave that money to, to build a new stadium, to do this, to uh, sweeten the pot for certain corporations to come down here to open business, you think they were going to complain about the impoverished Negroes? If you don't look out for yourself, nobody will. We have to ask ourselves, when we wake up in the morning and put that cat on, what are we doing and what are we doing it for? I'm constantly saying, brothers and sisters, there's not an option in it. You're black. You're black. And you're black here in America. Nobody's going to look out for you if you don't look out for yourself. And civil rights hasn't done it. We have a show coming up, Civil Rights versus Black Nationalism, or the difference between civil rights and black nationalism. Got an author coming on who wrote uh, Kingonomics. I had a book somewhere. Sandy, I can't think of his last name. Check it out Sundays. And also a plug for our show, check us out, The Arena. All one word on YouTube, The Arena 2013. I host a show with my man, Black Son, that we do the show. We address these issues and topics. We have to get involved. That's all of that is in your manual. Point number one of the non-local objectives, building a black power movement. We have to be part of this ongoing movement. We have to understand what role we play in the movement and what role everybody else plays. Get with your financial institutions. Get with supporters, resources, people that, you know, hone up your thing like Chairman Carr was saying. Hone your abilities and your skills to be able to go amongst the different masses of the people, the street tribes, as well as your politicians. The business owners, you're going to need resources and supports. You're going to need attorneys. You're going to need all these facets of the black community and building black nationalism. We have to make sure we don't get into isolationist mindset that we can do it all. We got it all covered. No, we incorporate. Our manual says not everyone's going to be suited and booted. So how do you talk to that pastor? How do you talk to that Muslim? How do you talk to that business owner? How do you talk to the homie on the street? How do you talk to the sister? This is what the revolution, this is what the Panthers are about. Chairman Carr, did you want to come in? Did you want to say something? You know, I get along with it, brother. Yeah. Uh, one is that we have to be to the point in our sophistication that if we run out the house butt naked, the people would say that go a butt naked panther. That uh that that the uniform is one thing that when we wear the uniform, what is uniform is nothing but uniformity but without unity. We say we wear our uniform, not only are we dealing with uniformity, we're dealing with unity. In Cleveland we have a slogan that say United we live, divided we die. We die economically. We die politically. We die educationally, but united we live economically. We live politically. It's no more united we stand and divided we fall. Today, if you fall, the oppressor gonna make sure you stay down. <laughs> and when and when you down, so we said no. 
United we live as a people. We live as a family. United we live as a culture. United our education system live. United our community uh, live. Divided our family die. Divided our education system die. Divided our economic system die. Everybody else in America use nationalism to get themselves going to Arabs. I don't care if they were Arab from Egypt or the Arab from uh, Syria, the Arab from this. They united when they come in our community. They got a thing called the Arab League. That's black nationalism. The Jews come here. They got the Burnett Britain. That's Zionism. You know, they got the uh, uh, the FOP. That's white supremacism. Turn all the police. Everybody can unite under nationalism and got the Negroes have the nerve to question who he are. You were born in nationalism. You came through a black womb. You didn't come through no integrated womb. You didn't come through no Caucasian womb. You came through a black womb. That was black power. And then all of a sudden, you come from that black tunnel and standing up today, and all of a sudden, you question, why should I be a black nationalist? You question yourself like a jaybird questioning, why can't I be a sparrow? A sparrow questioning, why can't I be a robin? You know, that we were created the way we're created, and to say that we're not black nationalists is to say that you hate yourself. And if anybody say that we are racist, we have to tell them, you define racism as one who who, who has the power to control and the power to oppress. I would say what Marcus Garvey said, and Marcus Garvey turned, I must be because I'm a race man because I love my race, you know, and there's no crime. And it's like we say in the manual, that we love our people so much they think we hate other people. No, it ain't about that. It's about to be a member of the people's new Black Panther Party, you must be a lover. A revolutionary nationalist is a lover. He's a greater lover than Rudolph Valentino. You can't be you cannot be in this movement and not love your people. And you cannot be in this movement that when you make a mistake, you recognize that you make a mistake, you correct that mistake. When you make that same mistake over and over again, that is a sign that you was a moron, and it will end up leading us to destruction. Right on. We, right. we check ourselves. We check our organization. And we love the people so much, and we know that we have made mistakes, then we got to be man enough and woman enough to say, I take the constructive criticism. I know it's not personal. I take the constructive criticism. We have got to the point where we feel that it's I and not us. Then if we say all power to the people, we are hypocrites. When we say all power to the people, when the people comes and begin to elect a democratic movement, a democratic government, and because you are out of place and the people say you are out of place, now the people is wrong. So when we say all power to the people, we mean that. Why? Because the people have the power, and I'll say this, and I must stop. So I, hear people. I must say this. The reason we must be in place, because believe me, what Yang would say is, white supremacists from the hijack the White House, they're going to release a police state. They don't grow up on the form of racism to fascism, where there are three types of zones that we must deal with. One, is a liberated zone, and that's where we work in every community where the path is at. We must get involved in the organization in the community, and they get to build a black power movement, and that's going to be our defense. 
That is called a liberated zone. Then we're in a contestant zone. Right now we can march and we can pick it and we can do all that. But what America is working on right now is a zone under enemy control. And a zone under enemy control is going to be no margin, ain't going to be no gathering, ain't going to be no Panther flyers, ain't going to be no Panther meeting, ain't going to be no uniform. So they are working and moving it now with their propaganda of terrorism. They are working to bring America to the state of fascism. And if we understand history, the main thing that brought the fascists out was the term called law and order. Mm-hmm. And that's the, right. that's, the, that's the key word you hear now. Law and order is the key word. Law and order mean war against the oppressed. And as Yangle said, when economically they're going to starve us, no, our nature say my family going to eat. That's why I say the majority of people in prison, those political prisoners who are political conscious understand that. But many brothers and sisters in prison are political prison based upon the economic condition that the government has set up. So they didn't That's go right. get that bread. They didn't go and rob that store because they had money in their pocket and they, their children had food on the table. Half of the people in the penitentiary are political prisoners, unconscious of them knowing that they are political prisoners. Mm, right because on. the political That's... condition has set up in America. So when we say right free on. all political prisoners, we are not just talking about the political prisoners that are conscious. We are talking about the political prisoners who are there based upon survival. And I leave right that on. where it's at. Let's, let's go to our to Black, that power. Black Power. Let's go to our phone lines. Let's open it up here. Let's bring on my, my dear brother, my minister of information, the, um, one of the co-founders of the Black Nationalist Council and producer of the arena, Black Sun. Black Sun, what's good, man? Sun, you there? Okay. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's going on, Black Sun? Hey, hey, what's going on? Peace to everybody. What's going on? Peace. Yeah, I heard earlier how you guys were talking about uh, what we can we do to uh, strengthen uh, international ties and pan-Africanism. I think... Uh, I think going up to people and, and finding, you know, uh, getting them uh, to come up with a list of 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 of, of uh, end goals or end games to make it more appealing, and then we show how, as black nationalists, that we can all work as a unity towards those goals. So, you know, I, I imply that everybody, whoever you meet, is, whether they're from Jamaica or here or Haiti or wherever or Africa, to uh, you know, talk about end game. You know what I'm saying? I think that's something that 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 we can commonly uh, uh, work together as a collective. Because, like I think Yang was saying earlier, you know, who are we to come over there to Africa? You know, to to, to try to better their situation. Where at the end of the day, we all in the same boat. You know, as far as you know, economics, as far as you know, uh, uh, colonization and everything. So I want to say that you know. I think it's more appealing to have end games. And I, I would say at least come up with 10. And that only goes mm-hmm. for people in the diaspora, but here too. You know what I'm saying? I think what's going to make us stand out from the Nation of Islam and all these other groups and other uh, factions of different Panthers is actual end games. So not only from mm-hmm. the different factions of the Black Nationalist group, but from 
these progressive groups because a lot of times, you know, me and Yanger, we went to Eric Garner, uh, uh, Michael Brown rallies, and a lot of these organizations don't have no end game. And so I think as as a person who wants to see a change, as a black man, it's more appealing if you have an end game. Once you have an end game, then you can take care of your economics, your politics, your military, and so forth. So that's just my two cents. Oh, man, I appreciate that, and Sam, because of my question. Because you're right. I think that's one of the things we've been addressing down here in Atlanta. And uh, like I said, uh, uh, the brother came up with a beautiful concept. We've been working on the council, the Black Nationalist Council. And that's and the whole thing with that is that end game. You know, you get too many people, uh, too many people get off on the fact that we don't have an end game, you know, that we're all over the place. Like I say, my biggest pet peeve, and you've heard me say it before, and I love to throw it out, is these sensationalists. These people who get on here, get on the camera, get to say any damn thing, and they want the cameras to turn on, and they get their 15 minutes of fame. But they don't look at the long-term goals. They don't look at the effect that some of their rhetoric has had on our movement. You know what I'm saying? What is your hanging? What are you trying to accomplish? I think that every chapter, my advice would be to every chapter, and not just us as a national formation, you know, but like I said, every chapter, have an end game, have a goal. What are you trying to accomplish? You know, because we we people from the streets, man. We the men in the streets. We done heard the pimps, the hustlers, the preachers, the, everybody. And everybody's just rapping. And then what do we always say at the end of the, when, at the, end of the conversation? So what you saying? Basically, that's saying what's your end game? So at the end of the day, what are you saying, bro? What's that mean? What are you trying to, what are you implying? Where are you going with it? So we need an end game. We've done with the the, the days of the rap and the endless talk and the just saying anything are over. What are we trying to accomplish? What are you some black sons that have in your life? Do you have any suggestions? What are some of your suggestions? Oh, man. Uh, well, let me, let me give you my top. Uh, I'll just give you my top two. You know, I mean, um, I think for the people who want to uh, gain political strength, I'd say that we come together as a unit and just just in politics alone, come up with five things uh, to make a change. I mean, I, I like to use, you know, I know I know people argue down, well, you know, voting doesn't work. Well, number one, when have we voted as a unit? You know, mm. you know, I vote individually and then. Things don't go our way, like, oh, I ain't gonna vote no more. You know, I mean, I know Daniel Dillon stood there one time, you know, but I'd say, have anybody learned how to vote the right way? Because the homosexuals, they know how to vote. They see more than they cause across state to state to state to state. And the Mexicans, they know how to vote. They see more than they think from state to state to state. So I'm not saying that voting is the be all and end all because as black nationalists, the problem is solution ratio is multiple. So I'm just saying for the for the people who are who want to use that means, um, I would say you know we we should gather up and then, like I say you know number one I would say uh, you know Daniel you mentioned about them cutting the food stamps you know what I'm saying we have to be at those rallies and those meetings and, and we just had people the other day uh, cop watch. We have to be there to. A lot of that stuff, you know, I mean, if, if a lot of people are on food stamps, then let's stop them from cutting the food stamps. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. I'm saying that's just short yeah. term. I'm saying long term. I mean, I want, you know, eventually I want to, you know, I want to Huh? I said, no, I was agreeing with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we, we, I think we have to have long term goals, short term goals, and we have to have teams in, in all types of different fields. But like I said, 
you know, like I said, I, I just wanted to touch on politics because, like I said, I've heard many times from our people, man, they become so superstitious. They like, I mean, I don't think they understand how it works. You know, like I said, if I go as one person and vote for X, Y, Z, and they don't win is because I didn't vote the right way. Like I said, when I look at the homosexuals, I look at the uh, Mexicans, they know how to vote. Or the Jews, you know, they, they just know how to vote. They vote as a collective and they vote transparently. They'll come together as a group and they say, you know what, let's vote for X, Y, and Z. Before they vote for X, Y, and Z, let's talk to candidate X, Y, and Z and see what they can do for us. You know what I'm saying? Let's pass Proposition X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, in California, where I'm from. And another state, Wyoming. And also in Hawaii. Monsanto tried to pass saying, well, you know what, you, we don't want to labor our food. And the people said, oh, hell no. Monsanto spent billions and billions of dollars and they lost because the people came together in Hawaii, California, and Wyoming and said, oh, hell no. We want the food to be labeled. And they won. So, mm-hmm. you know, there you go. But because they know how to vote. So that's just what I, I agree with that, and I like what you touch on. And you know, yeah. we touch on that a lot down uh, in Atlanta, dealing with the political aspect of the, of the whole thing. You know, you can't. We have to be completely involved. We talk about strategies. Yeah, we revolutionary black nationalists. Black nationalists. We're not reformists, so we understand that. You know, voting or uh, participation in the political process in the be all, in the end goal. It isn't the, you know, it isn't the uh, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You know what I'm saying? But we're saying a strategy. It's called bullet politics. That you can control that you can control your local government. That you can control your councilman, your warman. You can you can decide whether they build a rec center or a police department in your community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That you control these things. Like we're down in Atlanta to where we understand, you know, so we always make a lot of reference to that homosexual community down here in Atlanta where you saw a major change come through them through the, through the process of uh, exercising political and economic control. You know, our police chief, I mean, our fire chief got fired down here for expressing his religious rights against homosexuality. That's right. He said he don't believe in homosexuality. The damn man fired him and said he ain't going to hire him back. He didn't have all kind of preachers and stuff. They marching on City Hall like, damn, that's my religious right. But he don't care because the sissies run Atlanta. Let he me don't give a damn. Talk to me, yes, sir, brother chairman. Uh, in the uh, in our manual, and uh, uh, our nine objective black power uh, number four, and uh, our black power manual is to develop and defend black political power. We recognize the reality of politics as being a process that controls the distribution of resources in the city and our community. We built the city, region, and country and are currently are forced to pay taxes. To that end, we, the new Black Panther Party, engaged in the political process to ensure the proper use of our community tax dollars and other dollars that were stolen by the whites from us. This is Malcolm saying, politically, black nationalism means to control the politics and the politicians in our community. And so... Uh, but we are saying that, uh, and uh, what the uh, brother said, that uh, politics is warfare without bloodshed. And uh, they wage war against us all the time. And brother and sister say, well, we don't believe in the political arena. But they general man in all of the cities where they are taking our brothers and sisters out the city and spread them out around the county. That's diluting our security. 
Because if one of, one of the community come under attack, we got to go way across town to defend that community. Economically, there's no black business out there in no areas. So politics can change your your voting line for your councils, uh, your aldermen. Politics can change whether you're going to have lights on tonight. Politics can see what school you're going to. So we have to get involved. When we're talking about a holistic movement of black nationalism, we have to get involved in all of that. And as it said, that the politicians in our community who do not represent us, then they have to be accountable to what's going on. And that's what we're doing in Cleveland right now, that that we we uh, we have a, a mayor here, uh, Frank Jackson, who is a black mayor. My fight, we have put him in when I had a radio program here, and he stayed on my radio program. He got in, and now he recognizes Italian part of him. We had council people that had ran on black tickets and went and got an environment of white politicians because we don't hold them accountable. So I agree that we must hold these brothers and sisters who take the position in our community accountable. And how do we do that? By organizing block to block, block to block, organizing. The way they organize to get their votes in, we can go block to block to reorganize the people to get them out. Black power. Black power. Black power. Black power. And that's absolutely right. And you and here's the amazing part, because I've been talking to Panthers, none in our formation, of course, because, you know, we're political, but I've been talking to Panthers who don't know, and that's in our manual. Yeah. What Chairman Carr wrote, you know, what Chairman Carr said was in the manual. You know what I'm saying? And you got Panthers who will go against them. Man, it, it don't mean no vote, don't make this, that. But I'm like, bruh, sis, that's in the manual. You know, so he's right, and this is what Malcolm said. You know, black nationalism is to control the politics of your community, the education, the policing, the economics, all of that. You know what I'm saying? You can't sit around. Whether I tell brothers and sisters this all the time, and we say this all the time. The son knows we tear it up on the show all the time because we got people on the show that don't mean nothing. I say you may not participate in politics, but politics participates in you. Mm-hmm. You may not participate with politics, but politics participates with you. If you pay food taxes, if you pay taxes, if you do anything, when you get your light, when you get your registration for your car, when you pay taxes on your clothes, all of this is political. So when they come up with these laws that are targeted specifically for the black man and woman here in America and our non-participants, there again, we just blowing in the wind. Take the example of Fred Hamp. We say we Panthers. We'll quote Fred Hamp. You can jail the revolutionary, but you can't jail the revolution. They quote Fred Hamp. Politics is everything and everything of politics. See, if we're going to quote him, let's quote him. We have to be involved. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing that goes, you know, there's nothing that goes on that doesn't affect us. So if we have somewhere as a strategy, like I said, there again, we're not reformists. This is the importance of knowing ideology. So that you know strategies are not the, not a strategy is just that, a strategy and not the end goal. So we're not saying that we're reformists. We're not saying that, you know, we participate in the process, give us complete inclusion in this process, let us participate, and then if you give us that, then we've we, we reached our, our objectives. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying this is a strategy and to, to, uh, to give us some breathing room so that we can maneuver and finagle and do what we have to do to start to get this independence. We follow the footsteps of our ancestors. They fought and died to vote, not for a reason, not for inclusion, 
not for, oh, we want to, you know, I'm dying to vote just so I can say that I vote. And I, you know, I, I, I get a ballot. I can get off work early. No, because their lands were being stolen. They were being robbed and raped. They weren't being recognized as human beings. They weren't being recognized on any statistics in the world. Government, nothing. They were just nothing. You know what I'm saying? So the whole thing to vote was a ploy. You look at after the Reconstruction period uh, uh, with, uh, uh, look at after the Reconstruction period uh, with, what is my book? I said I was going to take these notes. When Lincoln, when the, and the 15th Amendment gave us a temporary right to vote, look how many representatives and uh, congressmen we had. And when that was taken away, as time went on and our apathy came up, we digressed. We digressed. Like I said, not that it was the B.R. or somehow, but when we had those representatives and the congressmen, we had people watching the lands in the Reconstruction South. We had people say, hey, no, cracker, you're not going to go down there under this cause, a grandfather call, all of this other stuff that you're trying to do, and just take these lands. Because we had people in place to help us, to watch us, to look over our stuff, and make sure the government wasn't doing encroachment. And at the very least, what they were able to do was to do what these 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 white boys will will understand is also well to Paul Revere to sound the warning. They saw it coming down. Hey man, they about to pass a law that does this and that, and they could come and warn the black community. All us want to huddle up, voting don't matter this and that. We all want to huddle up in one little house and sit there and wait for them to give us some type of aid and some type of uh, support. And then when they snatch all that up and start changing the laws, then we all looking dumb in the face. You know, one of the things they're doing down here, they're, they're about to start testing uh, for marijuana for food stamps. They're about to start pee testing. If you got drugs in your system, you can't get food stamps. My thing was the children don't smoke weed because his mama smoked weed or his daddy smoked weed. Now the baby can't eat. You see what I'm saying? So it's a tack against us. Do you know how your children suffer from malnutrition? Fat bellies don't mean nothing. You can look at pictures of some parts of Africa and other parts of the world where the children are starving and their bellies are swollen. Our children don't have the proper nutrients because there's certain stories, there's certain things that you don't have to carry. There's certain governments that don't have to have nutrition. Uh, like our son was talking about, my parents. And the other things, and the... Um, other corporations that can put certain pesticides and certain chemical testing in your food for a dollar. But since we're not involved, we don't know that. We just consume it. And it's killing us. So these are the things we have to be. You look at the curriculum is in school. They don't even teach slavery right anymore. You look at slavery, man, they teach slavery like you was a grand old time in the South. I was asking my children about slavery. They're working on some things. My one of my oldest boys brought the Constitution thing. I'm looking at they're studying the Constitution now. They're studying about, but they just got out of the Civil War. And when they went through the thing of slavery, I had to go through, I had to re-educate them on slavery. He was like, uh, I said, you know, they teach my slavery. What do say? They made us work for free. Man, that's all they teach. They made us work for free. That's it? Bro, let me come on. Let Dad tell you what slavery meant while we speak English. <laughs> let's, let's start there. Who you are. Let's start with who you are. They made us work free. He didn't make that sound like I'm doing it. Like when I tell them, take out the garbage. Like when I have to, you make me work and I don't get an allowance. They made us work for free. So we have to, so they're rewriting history. Let's go to these phone lines, man, because y'all get me started. You know, I get crunk. Let me open up the phone line. Let's go to 
Let's go to six uh, nine. Two six nine. Uh, well, uh, your your Black line Pop. is open. Black Power. Black Power. Sir. Brother Yang, it's always a pleasure. This is Minister Justice, the National Minister of Law and Justice for the New Black Panther Party, and the Regional Minister of Defense for the East Region. What I wanted to say was you have certainly brought us a great show. You know, y'all on fire. And I really need to commend the brothers of the North chapter. They are some staunch, straight brothers. They are just not for none of the madness. They are in there to do the work. And... You know, they come in with their ideas, and they make things move. Um, I'd also like to say, uh, when, I, when I heard you talk about taxes, uh, uh, Sister, Sister Yvonne from the North Chapter, and, and she is our community liaison, chosen and handpicked by our chairman, Brother Arias. And she is hot. <laughs> you know, we were talking about how we were talking about affordable housing and how these people have the, have tricked our people into believing that they don't pay no taxes. So whenever something is around, oh, there's no more money for that. I'm like, I, and I said, you know, when you buy clothes, when you buy food, whatever it is that you do, but even when you pay your rent, you're paying taxes, where is your money? Where is well, your part of the pot? You know, like, they, our people need to be re-educated as far as their taxes are concerned. Um also, I just like to. I just wanted to come on and tell you what a wonderful show this is. Um, speak your mind. What's on your mind Wednesdays? And I think you really got something going here, brother Sahar. I love you. Uh, he always brings the fire. Hopefully, we speak into our next chairman. In the uh, so, in the meantime, I'm going to come off and I'm going to let you do your thing. Uh, I'm going to let you speak with the brothers from from all over because I'm sure that they're on. Black Power, sir. I love you. Salute, definitely salute. Let me say this and, and say this in the thing of my sister because you talk about somebody. I gotta brag on the sister a little bit because this is my that's my sister. That's my man. I really I have a a profound respect and love for our minister of justice. Just on you know her commitment to the revolution, her commitment to the people, and just her commitment to justice. And our, and our personal friendship. The sister was encouraged, inspired, was one of the ones that initiated coming, putting the show back on. She was like, look, we need a show. We need to do the thing. The time that I'm sick or I'm traveling, I'm on the bus, I'm going to one event and another event. Sister's been holding it down. When I can't get to my computer, the sister will work the boards. So we love you. I know that I love you, sister, and, and dearly, and thank you for all the sacrifices. And this is one of the reasons, too, that I'm, hey, Newark, I'm telling y'all, y'all my own, y'all, y'all watch out to my sister. I'm telling you, <laughs> y'all get, get, but I know she's in more than capable hands. And this is why we have love, because what has happened with our sister and what's happening in Newark is our sister has resurrected something. There was a lot of, and I'm not going to go into detail, we're not going to hash that old stuff out, but there was a lot going on in Newark. The chapter was floundering. It was going through, and Justice knows what I'm talking about, and people on the line, and I'm sure are listening, and this and that, they, I'm sure they know what I'm talking about, but the sister was never dissuaded by that. She wasn't put down. She said, you know what, Brother Yanger, I'm going to get out there, I'm going to hit these streets, I'm going to do what I got to do, we're going to resurrect this thing, we're going to do the damn thing. But she didn't say the damn thing. She was past Yanga saying that. But she said, we're going to do uh, the thing. Brother Yanga told me he would fight me like a pit bull if I gave up. <laughs> fight her like a pit bull? Can't give her anything. No giving up. You better believe that. But not let her give up. And I'm glad And I'm glad that we didn't because we see the results of that. 
You know, we see it in our defense minister. We see it in Chairman Prime. We see it in uh, the minister Inform Inform Nation. We see it in Chief of Staff and the many others in Newark doing the great work. So just keep up the good work and keep up doing the uh, what you're doing. Chairman Carr, we're winding down on some 10 minutes. Chairman Carr, did you want to have some things that you want to say and add to? Because we're coming down in our last couple minutes. Yes. Uh, one is that uh, this is the year of, and I want the comrades to listen, and we prepare for it. This is the year of wisdom and strength. This is the year of our youth that have the strength, and you have no strength and you got no wisdom. This is the year of the elders who got wisdom and don't have the strength, and without strength you got no wisdom. So we, this is the day of uniting our wisdom and our strength. This is the day of organization. This is the day of the right arm, the left arm supporting the body, the left leg, the right leg supporting our steps. This is the day that we're saying that uh, unorganized people is subject to slavery any given time. This is the day that genocide happens when a people is unorganized and unaware. This is the day of propaganda wall against unpropaganda and proper propaganda. So this is the day of wisdom and strength. And so I leave and let the community know that this is the day of the scholar-soldier. When we ain't in the field, we teaching. And when we ain't teaching, we fighting. So let's unite as one black nationalist society. They say it's two societies, one black and one white. We say let's organize a black nationalist society. Right and on. I end by saying we got the three Ds, and that is define who we are, develop who we are, and once we get there, to defend who we are. And those the three Ds, divine, divine, divine. Black power. Black power. Let's go to our phone lines again uh, right now. Let's go back up to North. 973-5102. You back on. First minister. You lined yeah, up. Walk. Yes, sir. Uh, no, no, I'm just um, tuning in again. Show me this. Okay, no say. problem. Well, we got, we got 10 minutes, and what we like to do is, because like I said, this is a protracted struggle. Uh, an ongoing struggle. And so we understand, we remember those people who have put in the sacrifices and have worked. I admonish everyone and remind everyone to get with a political prisoner. Down in Atlanta, we, the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, are working to free our comrade, uh, one of the, a teacher, a master teacher, who has contributed countless books, materials, resources to the movement I know has been instrumental in my development and progressivist growth. That's Dr. Malachi York. Free Dr. York, um, and when I'm looking on the line, we have one of the people that's working on actual to the fifth team. So I'm going to open up. Sister, I know you didn't chime in in the queue, and I know you're just listening, but we will be dead wrong not to give a few minutes to bring awareness to the case and what we can do to contribute to helping out and to friend, uh, friend Dr. York. Maya, are you here? I'm here. I really okay. enjoy the show. Thank you. Thank you so well, thank much you. for chiming me in. Well, you are, you are so welcome. 
Yeah, I can yeah. hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah. I got you live live yeah. on the air. And like I said, the sister has been working tirelessly. Uh, my chief of staff, Tahuru, actually introduced us, and man, it has been a wonderful day. I'm so glad he did because it has just been powerful. It has just been powerful to what the work we've been trying to accomplish. But we got an online petition and, and things, some things going on. But I'm going to open the floor to um, the sister who can explain it a little better. And I know there's some things we can go into, some things we can't do the legal ramifications. But the things that we can go into, sister, um, let's take we have 10 minutes. If you don't mind, I know I'm putting you on the spot and we haven't prepared for this. But if you don't mind, can you share with us and what we can do to aid and assist and to be of some help nationally to bring attention and awareness to the case of Dr. Malachi Z. York and how we can help to free the master teachers? Well, I, I really thank you so much for your platform. And I also uh, want to tell you that um, today has been a blessed day and today has been a very powerful day. Um, my name is, is Miriam. Uh, some pop, some people call me Miriam, the prophetess Miriam. And I am a person that has been assisting uh, Dr. Malachi York, Reverend York, and he's been in prison 12 years. And there have been um, people, um, well, we originally were in uh, New York, and we've come down from New York, and we've been in Georgia. Um probably since uh, 1993. And um, Reverend York started off and he um, showed us how, as as a nation, how to build pyramids. So we brought pyramids uh, to Putnam County, Georgia. And so <clears throat> we really uh, spruced up the place. We had uh, over 476 acres of land there uh to which we uh developed 19 acres. Uh currently Reverend York is in prison and and he was set up and I gave um the brother Yanga a a DVD that explains how he was set up okay. and and go ahead someone say something. Did someone say something? Hello, caller, did you have a question for Sister Maddie? Okay, you can continue, sister. Okay, so um, for the most part, it's a, a very long story, and I wanted to give you a short version, be it that you have 10 minutes. We do have an online petition. Um, we've had many a problems out of the sheriff that is in Putnam County, and um, his name is Howard Richard Seals, and we found through investigation that he is an actual murder murderer. He set up uh, a stage where um, he constantly stayed after us because we developed uh, the land and, and, as I said, we built the pyramid. So out of the, the uh, jealousies and the hatred that came from him, um, they just constantly bombarded us and did um, roadblocks road and all those types of things until finally they came up with some type of way to trump up charges to bring up what they call is child molestation. They threw in some charges, RICO charges, and some other things um, because they were jealous. Um, so finally the uh, sheriff did um, arrest Malachi York, and um, they went through some kangaroo court hearings where all the, the so-called um, alleged, alleged victims um, recanted all of their statements and said that none of those things have taken place and none of those things uh, actually occurred. And it's in the movie 
Um, um, and there's a comparison of the movie called, it's a documentary called The Exposed, to which we will have that um, for anyone that wants to, to view it. Uh, it's in comparison to a movie called The Indictment. And everything that happened in the indictment where they trumped up charges against these people, the same thing happened to Malachi York. So it was three witnesses, uh, uh, three people, and one male in the indictment, and it was five uh, in in uh, what happened with Malachi York. So all those things were trumped up. And so right now he sits in Florence A.D. Max, which is one of the worst prisons in America. And um, just as of the 1st of December, Attorney General Holder came to Ebenezer Baptist Church where I was able to explain to him some of the things through a letter form and through a book form. There's a book also called The Kidnapping of Dr. York. It explains how they set him up. Um, I was able to, we put in for a clemency for him. So online there is a petition, and and I'm going to have the, um, there is a email address that everyone can go to, and it is satra underscore hotel at, uh, Yahoo.com. So I'll say that again. It is Satra, which is S A T R A underscore Hotep, which is H O T E P at Yahoo.com. And you can get more information that way. But we want to mass email the, um, no, Facebook, mass Facebook the information and the petition so that it can be signed. We need, uh, 100,000 votes by the 19th, and that's going straight to, that's from the White House. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I was short and I didn't explain it, you know, so well, but if you would like to go to that, um, if you would like to go to that web, that uh, email, we can get more information out to you. Anything that you can do, I really appreciate it, and also I've just read, I went to the Congressman uh, Hank Johnson's office today, and I saw in the newspaper, um, Brother Younger, did I read the name of that newspaper to you? Yeah, please. Okay, um, I got this newspaper out of the Congressman's office, and you know I'm going to need your help with saying the uh, the brother that's the um this says that yeah. he is a he is a co chair um black panther he's a yeah. he, he, he was doing doing a program with um uh former u s representative cynthia mckinney and um her the project that she's doing is is bringing attention to a lot of the lives of uh, uh prisoners of um cop brutality and um she states in there her her father was was a police officer and he would come home and tell stories about how black men had got chained to um what you would call um telephone poles and they would beat the crap out of them with their batons so she she had it coming from a young child and she's expressing this through a book called Stolen Lives and I would like for us to get with her and the brother's name is, uh, could you pronounce it? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So Daruba Ben Wahad. 
Mm-hmm. So so it really seems like a really good program, and, and I want to go. We, we, uh, it's an uh, advertisement for a town hall meeting, which is on January the 26th at 7 p.m. And so um, the brother Yang and I and the brother Turu and I, we were all talking about creating a platform where we can begin to talk about all these uh, overpopulations of, of prisons, um, and and how it's it's just directed at our communities and how it is actually just beating us down to where we're not going to survive. We're be, we're the ones that are becoming extinct, and that's you, the black man. So it's my passion, and and um, I feel the passion coming from Brother Yanga, and I want to meet the brother Black Sun, um, who's also one of your uh, co-hosts. And, and I want to I want to pull some things together because I have some people of influence, and and I think that we should barter and trade with each other, you know. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So I'm I'm one of those children. I I was birthed from the uh, Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I grew up in Chicago, two blocks from the Final Call, and I saw the Honorable Elijah Muhammad raise the pimps and prostitutes, and and tell them to raise their fish and sell their fish and, and buy their own toiletries, make their own toiletries. So I come from that era. So I, I feel you all and I and I feel your passion and I and I and I love you a lot and I thank you so much for giving me this this opportunity to speak. Oh, anytime. You know, anytime you want to speak, all you had to do is push one. I thought I was pushing on the spot. And one of the things I definitely want to have you on the show and discuss, I know we're waiting on a lot of contact with the lawyers and a lot of things to get done. As soon yeah. as that gets squared away, we're going to have you um, on the show. And just, yeah. I mean, the sister's, the sister's energy, the sister's passion, man, the sister's fire is just contagious, and you can feel it on meeting the sister. I mean, immediately the first day meeting the sister, not only did we do the videos, she took me to the embassy, I was meeting the big wig. I mean, this sister don't mess around, man. We just get some stuff done. Let me say this. I have 90 seconds. If you want to view the video, email me, and I will get the video to you. Um, my email is Yanga Nkrumah. That's Y-A-N-G-A-N-K-R-M-A-H at Gmail. Y-A-N-G-A-N-K-R-U-M-A-H at Gmail. Love everybody. Want to say black power. We got 60 seconds. Let's take us out. Oh, my voice. Niggas are scared of revolution. But niggas shouldn't be scared of revolution. Because revolution is nothing but change. And all niggas do is change. Niggas come in for murder and change in the living world. They just speak to make some quick change. Niggas change their hair from black to red to blonde. And hope like hell and looks for change. Niggas kill other niggas just because one didn't receive the correct change. Niggas change from men to women, from women to men. Niggas change, change, change. You hear niggas say things are changing, things are changing. Yeah, things are changing. Niggas things into black niggas things. Black niggas.